welcome to the Moonwise Lunar Forecast for July 2nd through July 31st, 2019. I'm your host, Dorte Sophie Royal, and today we'll check in with Susan Lipschitz of Everyday Medicine Woman as she takes a look at the upcoming month and gives us her take on the astrological, lunar, and collective energies that we're experiencing. In this forecast, Susan shares guidance about working with cancer season, the upcoming solar eclipse, and Mercury retrograde. Before we begin, I want to thank everyone who joined our recent summer solstice virtual circle. It was wonderful to see some of your beautiful faces and get to connect in real time. Susan and I both really enjoyed the format, and so we're exploring more ways to offer these types of events in the future. If you'd like to be alerted to future events like that one, please sign up for the newsletter at moontent.co slash newsletter. And I also want to thank our incredible community of Patreon subscribers, including Joy Purcell, who showed her support of the show by joining this past month. Thank you so much, Joy. If you've enjoyed our shows and find value in this community, please consider subscribing at patreon.com moonwise. A quick note before we jump into the forecast. There was a technical issue with our recording this time around, so Susan's audio quality is not as high as we usually like it to be. I apologize for this, and first-time listeners know that this is not how our show usually sounds. Mercury Retrograde was playing with us a bit early this month. Okay, on with our forecast. Hi, Susan. Thank you so much for joining us today. After a little one-month hiatus, I was traveling to Europe for a family reunion, so we weren't able to record last month. So for all of you who have been waiting, thank you so much for your patience. We are back and we're back in action (laughs) and it couldn't be at a better time because it sounds like this coming month, there are a lot of things happening in the stars. So I'm really excited to get your insights about not only the new and full moon, but also the eclipse that's coming up. And it sounds like Mercury is going to be going retrograde as well. So what do we have in store, Susan? Hi, uh, welcome back. I love the ESA family reunion because we have several major themes when we're talking about the sign of cancer. And uh, cancer goes zero when we started with the summer solstice. Um, But we always do a deeper exploration of when we have a new moon because the sun and the moon are together and that's when the zero zeroes out and we're starting um, that new fertile season of whatever that is, of of growing into form, whatever starts with that double dosing of the sun and the moon in the same uh, place, same time, you know, in that sense, in the dark and moving forward. Um, And when we're talking about cancer, we are definitely talking about family. We're talking about ruled by the moon. It's a cardinal water sign. Cardinals launch seasons, which we talked about in the, you know, the solstices and um, the equinoxes uh, and the seasonal shifts that go on. So it always is open and ready to invoke change, no matter what element that it is. And so um, cancer is ruled by the moon. And so while it's not necessarily considered to be a sign that is kind of a fire sign ready for that kind of action where we see it in form. It's definitely a sign that has a lot of changeability to it because the moon changes signs every two and a half days. So um, wherever cancer is in our chart, it can ex- be experienced in that house as a little bit more of a, a place where we might feel more of a fluctuation through the course of the month um, for us um, you know, and and so wherever we are on our moon time, if we're still uh, for women having that uh, experience of our moon, um, we still do feel kind of the double dosing in that in that cancer sort of section. So it is a section that we look at when we're talking about an inner family experience, like our how family lives inside of us, how we. Um, nurture and mother ourselves, or to the degree that we do that or we don't, um, how we might feel the inner child um, in ourselves as well, looking for that care and nurturance and how the degree to which we respond and we have a lovely interaction with that and the degree to which we maybe replicate some of the deprivation of that or the adjustment or the reaction to that. So it's fascinating in and of itself to explore um, deeply when we're talking about that cancer part in our um, 
in our in our inner self. Um, this one has uh, you know a very unique as every year does because there is an eclipse happening in this new moon and it's a solar eclipse and then it meets us with the polarity of Capricorn two weeks later which is the full moon and um, we've been talking a lot about what's going on in Capricorn that's going to continue over till the end of next year to some degree because we have as we've talked about we have the self node in there which is asking us to release karmic kinds of um, uh, patterns and that's going to really be up for us in two weeks We've got Pluto in there that wants us to always look at power, how to come into right relationship with power, where we're out of balance with that, and how to upgrade, how to transform, how to evolve at a soul level. And then and um, Saturn's in its home sign in Capricorn. So Saturn's on the other side of the parent. So if we've got the maternal and the child elements in Cancer, we've got Capricorn holding the structure and systems that holds the water um, of the earth, saying, let's be socially accountable, let's get serious. Uh, and it's sort of the boss, uh, it's the boss of our chart with timing, but it's the boss of this lunation because we've got that full moon in there and uh, it all comes to a peak next year when when Jupiter then goes in there and uh, we've got like a lot going on next year. So we, we continue to feel the impact of the living kind of uh, influences and rhythms that are going on, these big, big things and trends in, uh, in sky that, that are happening that we're feeling uh, in our everyday life. So when we get back to this particular new moon, this new moon lunation is, again, it's a solar eclipse. So it's uh, the, the moon is um, the, the lunar or emotional elements of ourself are, are shadowing the sun. So we have a big influence when these kinds of things happen into our emotional inner nature, into our, uh, the waters within, our emotional body, our intuition, our um, emotions, uh, these parts of ourselves that uh, lie within. So with that notion of the sun uh, being, being interrupted, the sun being eclipsed, for whatever moments that that's in play. Now, two years ago, we had that in Leo, we had the Great American Eclipse. This is the Great South American Eclipse. So you're going to see, uh, if you tune in uh, on the second, if you go online, you're going to see um, in Chile and in Argentina and, you know, in South America, they're going to be giving live uh, feed of, just like we did two years ago, of this phenomena. So it's quite remarkable. We're going to feel it, but they're going to see it. So our, uh, you know, our sisters and brothers in South America are going to really be um, looking up in the sky for this experience of, of the um, darkening of the sun. And so for us, that'll be happening um, at, uh, I believe it'll be at 2.15 and that's central standard. So kind of adjusting in that time. And I, I, however, they're syncing up and giving us that live feed of that experience. And so this will be an experience of lights out, lights on. So remember, it's a reboot. And it's a reboot of our, again, in this sign of cancer, this cardinal water sign. Um, and so with that in mind, we have this experience of interrupting patterns when solar eclipses and lunar as well. It reboots the area in our chart that it touches that sense of the lights off, lights on. It offers the time to start a new cycle, a new evolution, new energy into our lives. And like I said, in the Cancer Capricorn polarity, this started last year, but with the total eclipse, it's a little bit more pronounced in this particular um, lunation. And this continues um, next year. And it's going to continue, interestingly enough, in the solar, uh, you know, in the solar um uh, solstice, you know, in the summer solstice and then in the winter solstice, we're going to really feel uh, the culmination of these two particular polarities and influences again. So we're, we're really moving in this way and it's uh, a very potent time to be doing this intentional work. So, you know, always prior and around eclipse energy, things can intensify and we've been discussing this, but moreover, it's in a feeling area. And I think the last two months we've been talking about with the Neptune influences 
overall, we've been talking in our podcast about that experience of like, if we were in, you know, kind of gong baths, or we've talked about doing those, um, working with uh, tuning forks or areas where we feel impact rather than we see impact in our bodies. And so, you know, uh, that's kind of, again, these features, if we're talking about the water elements of ourselves uh, and the influence. So this is a time, I think, of inner transformation to prepare for more conscious outer transformation. These two signs right now have the nodes of the moon, um, south node, as I talked about in Capricorn, and the north node in Cancer. So the north node always invites us. The north node says, hey, want to move forward in your game board of life? Do you want to really evolve? And then what obstructs it? So even though the south node sort of releases whatever's going on, um, which we have two weeks in that full moon, um, the north node says, how about we get in touch with what might be eclipsing our capacity to move forward, be freer in ourself, um, you know, really have that experience of, um, of moving through some, whether we call them emotional kinds of interruptions or tendencies um, to be more in the realm of protection as opposed to be in the realm of freedom, you know, in that way to be more relaxed in that sense. So, um, you know, a major moment of not only resetting, but also when we talk about the moon, we're talking about the inner lunar nature. So we're talking a little bit more of our soul. You know, our sun, like we talked about when we did our, our uh, live Zoom, we were talking with, this, with, this, with the solstice, and we'll be talking a lot more of it with the Leo aspects of ourselves, is where we radiate our life force. So it's the kind of the outer self in a way, or how we radiate out. But the moon placement always has to do with our inner lunar nature, that that inner soul. So when we're working with um, Cancer, since it's ruled by the moon, we're working really with the inner soul, that inner soul quality of who we really are, um, and to allow that to reside more in the body. So when we talk about the soul meat body um, and brings us into today, the importance and the ability to find out who we really are, I think that's going to be a big, um, I would say who we really are in our soul nature and the myths and the old limitations that are stuck on repeat. So it having to do with how do we hide um, how inaccessible are aspects of our emotional uh, nature and what we would really like to be more free to interact with that emotional accessibility uh, to be able to um, rich, more richly have experiences of, you know, I think to be able not only to meet ourself with physical nurturance, but emotional nurturance. You know, a lot of times we feel like our needs aren't being met. I mean, I certainly as a therapist hear that a lot. My needs aren't being met. And it's like, well, what are you talking about? What kinds of needs aren't being met? And it's like, uh, I don't know that I have the emotional language for it. And so in some ways, with Mercury starting this off last month in the new moon in Gemini, because, you know, Mercury rules Gemini, it's been gathering information about, okay, what does that really mean for us to have our needs being met, or to be able to articulate those, right, to bring those forward. We've been gathering information about that. Well, five days after this new moon, which we'll get into a little bit more in a minute, Mercury's going to go retrograde. So it's going to start retrograding in Leo. It's going to give us that little information of that, because Leo's more emotion. Leo's more because it's in the heart, and it's more playful, and it's more, it's almost got a childlike quality. So in it, Leo's going to go, okay, I'm going to I'm going to be able to tell you what I'm thinking. And it starts to free that up a little bit. And so the Mercury retrograde actually starts in there. And then as it starts to go in midpoint right after the full moon, it it backs up into Cancer. So um, in it, I think that for the this month prior and, the, and what we're going into until that you know new moon next month, this Mercury retrograde, I know we still have to back up computers and all that stuff, but I actually think that it's going to give us a lot of accessibility into um, being able to find the language of our soul, the language of where we're 
we're meeting and um, the ways in which we've been hiding some of our most tender areas of our our desires and the most tender areas of our emotional needs um, and how to just put ourselves out there more in that. Uh, and so when I think of cancer, so we look at the sign of cancer. So cancer is the crab. And, and so when we literally think of, of cancer, it has little pincers. So, you know, it kind of protects us. It's a sign. If you think of a crab, it's really hard to get close to a crab because the crab is kind of freaking out, right? So it can pinch us, so we drop it, and then it scatters away. So cancer, when cancer is in charge, cancer can be, you know, cancer does uh, feed us. It is that place in our, in our um, chart that provides the uh, apex or the central bindi point. You know, it's like the place, it's almost like the kitchen, you know, because it is the place that feeds us and feeds everything around us. Um, but it, so in that sense, it can, it's a maternal and it likes to be in charge. So it's, it gives out, but it doesn't really like to receive. It's incredibly awkward in its ability to receive. So in some ways, it's a very sensitive element to our nature. So with the crab, similarly speaking, um, when you're on the sand or you're trying to go crab hunting in a way, you have to go deep inside the, um, you have to dig a little bit to find the crabs uh, because they're, they live inside you know, deeper places and um, they don't really like to be exposed. They, when, and, and then when they outgrow their shell is a moment you see them scurrying about because they have those moments of profound vulnerability uh, and yet they're growing something new. So th- I would look at this new moon as a time where we've outgrown our shell we're in an extreme emotional vulnerability and and we're swimming in the seas of that or we're looking for our hidden places to hide. And they're going to wear this, if we look at the um, metaphor of this or the, the opportunity is actually where those points of vulnerability may take us is into our psyche, into our old wounds, into the points of how we hide when we feel most at risk emotionally. And if we can go about this in a non-emotional way, in other words, to go in a really compassionate, maternal, loving way, to say, okay, let's go into these parts of ourselves, and we might notice the places and the moments where we react emotionally, and just to stop and go, oh, okay, those are the moments where if we can take a deep breath and learn from ourselves and say, let's learn where maybe this happened, where we felt um, embarrassed or we felt shamed by our emotions or we felt we couldn't articulate what we wanted. And if we could name for ourselves and our loved ones, so if we even told our loved ones, anyone who's up for this, hey, how about instead of reacting um, and clashing emotionally, if we mirrored back with one another, not the reaction and the mismatch of how we're we're missing the love languages or the mirroring back and forth of what we're experiencing, we took a moment to say, hey, you know, it looks like you're feeling sad and, and, and or how are you feeling? Now, most of the time when we say this, look, I don't like it if somebody said to me, it looks like you're feeling sad straight on, I would feel embarrassed. So I would say, what? You know, I might feel that Brene Brown uh, territory of a shame trigger. But if we just said, hey, how are you feeling today? Or do you need a moment um, or kind of whatever it might be to be in, in a little bit more holding space for someone when they react and just say, why don't you take a minute and then let me know what you what you'd like or what you need, you're really inviting someone to re-reference their reaction into self, you know, searching a little bit deeper to provide that information. And that goes into the cancer element because it's that watery, psychic, you know, deeper kind of place. So, you know, it's a sense of a deeper inner intuitive language. And I think these, these, um, these two Eclipses are really gates of entry into those points, particularly this one on the second. And uh, into that Mercury retrograde, I would look at them as gates of entry into emotional accessibility, which might because, um, you know, right after that Venus goes in, on the third Venus goes into Cancer, 
And on the 8th, Chiron goes retrograde, uh, even though it's in Aries. In other words, it goes retrograde in uh, into this lunation. So Chiron is always that little wounded place. So I do think that we're, and, you know, we're going to have a beautiful moment of uh, being able to go into a deeper place of our emotional ret- uh, repertoire to understand the deeper emotional language. And I think that what... Capricorn on the other side and Pluto um, is really kind of saying to us as we're as we're going into um, you know this time of building into the full moon because you know moon always gives us light to shine some light into those areas to say start to gain a sense of emotional maturity start to see that you can um, have more of a sense of personal power not in the guarding of your emotional self, but in the liberation to say, I could empower myself to feel like these areas that I've, I could find different ways to provide like the shell with the crab, you know, in a positive way, definitely boundaries, definitely emotional protection, but a more mature version. Because remember with, um, with eclipses, they give us information around the past to see the future. So these eclipses, the last time they were in there, were there was a 10-year cycle and there's a 19-year cycle. So if we look back at, you know, 09 to 011, or we look back to um, uh, 2000 to 202, we might look backwards to get some information about these areas to move forward, you know. And, um, and with this in mind, again, to become more safe or more comfortable. Because when we're talking about cancer, cancer, the point where cancer is in our charts, if you know your chart and you look where cancer is, it is, like I said, it's got that like part that, that is a little bit more um, emotionally, uh, you know, has that fluctuation. But it is, it is the place of soul food. It is the place that nurtures and nourishes the rest of the chart. It is the most fertile area, really, of the chart. So to the degree to which we feel that we're worthy of emotional self-care, that we're worthy to be, um, you know, to be uh, cared for, to flourish and to feed ourselves and to receive that kind of nourishment, um, the degree to which we will really, um, the whole chart will will benefit from that, every single part, because the inner nature of the chart, um, in the natural chart, the inner nature where cancer lives in the natural, in, in the chart, is below the horizon, it's the roots, so it's ancestry, it's family, it's our soul codes, but Capricorn is up at the top, so it's the outer home or the outer nature of ourselves, how we professionally live. So our home life and our professional life is really going on with these two eclipses. And they're to the degree to which they are centered, grounded, and fed in the Cancer area in this new moon will allow these this sense of what the Capricorn area with can with you know Saturn in there, which is the boss of the chart, and then Pluto in there in the south node is going, awesome, you can make these changes that will really create at the micro level and the macro level to the degree to which we can let go of archaic systems because of the influence of how the inner feminine or the inner that maternal area, that that sense of re-engaging with the positive aspects of ancestry, but letting go of how we've harbored um, the influence of the wounding, you know, has influenced us in the emotional body of ourselves. So, you know, when we think about that, there's also then the inner critic, the inner self-denier. You know, if we even think about, honestly, eating disorders, it's the denial or that sense that we have to secretly feed ourselves. And then we feel that we need to um, uh, release that in a really self um, you know, detrimental way because we can't allow ourselves a regularity and the um, environment around us doesn't allow us ourselves to be uh, enjoying the experience of nurturance and the, and the sense of the plentiful experience that it's wonderful to feed ourselves and be in that experience and to be um, surrendering and to be, you know, a sense of really be informed by that. So we really want to shift 
that uh, that whole dynamic. And I think we're seeing that so much more in the movements of body positivity, in the movements of feeling comfortable in our own skin. This is a lot what Capricorn and Cancer are really inviting us into, is to say we're going to reclaim being in our bodies and being emotionally present in our bodies and um, also being okay with being vulnerable, being shy. You know, Cancer has a real element of shyness to it. And take needing a minute to understand what we really need. Because remember, the crab will go disappear. Uh, you know, I have a lot of experience personally in my life. I'm Capricorn, and I have my daughters at Cancer, and my mom was Cancer. So, you know, you'll know if you hurt a Cancer's feelings because they're nowhere to be found. They are not going to tell you. They're going to tell you by disappearing. And then if you ask, they're going to say they're fine. They probably won't answer you because that's kind of how they do their thing. Uh, so it's interesting to be uh, in the dance of that watery aspect with ourselves and with others around us. So this is an, it is a really active time, but it's going to be in areas that we need to feel into within ourselves and with others uh, to really grow. Wow. Well, Susan, so much of this resonates so deeply. As I mentioned, I went to a family reunion and really have been learning how much healing is not a linear process, but actually a spiral process or a cyclical process in the sense that there are other layers and depths to uncover that still um, need healing. And so as much as I think like, oh, okay, I worked through that, I'm good to go. Um, I'm realizing, nope, there there is another layer there. Not that I <laughs> want to be <laughs> continuing um, dealing with those things, but sometimes there are, there are those inner child wounds that just still need some more nurturing and some love and um, honesty around how uh, we're really feeling, I guess. So just want to encourage people like if you're feeling at all discouraged, like, oh man, I'm back to this habit or pattern or something. It's like, yeah, there, I guess there's more, more to do. Not, not in the sense of like, this is work and you have to like get yourself in line, but more like caring for yourself and really seeing like, okay, I'm, I'm suffering in this area and it's okay. And let's, let's take care of ourselves. Yeah, absolutely. And I think when you talk about the layering, what I think is so beautiful about this lunation, well, the emotional parts of ourselves that have been um, uh, kind of atrophied or they're just kind of like waiting in their, in their holding patterns, they can feel immature. And this is not a judgment. It's just uh, can feel younger. And so this, because that Capricorn area and the Chiron retrograde, all the outer planets are, are now in retrograde, um, which are really just saying we want to soulfully grow. And, and because of these other kind of, uh, not necessarily a pressure, but a dance or an opportunity is to mature. You know, Capricorn, like we've talked about in Saturn, wants us to mature. And mature not to be rigid, but to be more serious about our own satisfaction and about what we want to achieve, not so much from the how the world sees us and gives us gold stars. It's really more, inter- more of that sense of personal satisfaction that we're getting where we want to go. So from an emotional point of view, I think that the nuance of this work that we're going to be doing right now is offering us light into where we emotionally hide um, with a lot of encouragement for us to say, you know what, this is a time where you can do that sense where we call adulting a little bit, but really what it's talking about is to say, the more you can go into the subconscious or the places where we suppress ourselves, and we can really be honest about that within ourselves and understand how we use power, not to our detriment, but to have more self-mastery. Um, what is our hidden agenda? Because what Saturn's, re- but what Cancer's really about is a sense of belonging. You know, the United States is, it, its birthday is the 4th of July. It's right after this new moon. It's cancer. We're a cancer country, which is why I think it's so interesting. Elizabeth Warren's a cancer. Um, you know, and it's just so interesting about, you know, these mothers, these women that are coming forth uh, around saying we, we want to make this uh, a more emotionally satisfying uh, country to live in, you know, and with what we're seeing right now at the border and these issues around um, children and mothers and the systems that are um, archaically shutting them out in the in this horrible, horrible way, um, in repeating historical patterns. This is some of what this eclipse is going to bring to a head, um, I think, in a good way because this this has to break. 
And some of these areas that we're feeling within ourselves, you know, when we're really ready to pop, I think what this new moon is actually going to do, they're like, they sit inside of us cellularly or in our subconscious like water balloons. So they pop, they can't handle the heaviness anymore. So I think that some of it is if you feel an emotional inner, like, like you're kind of having an inner Blow, you know, blowing up inside, you know, it's like having an emotional tantrum inside or something blows out of you, like just an emotional kind of, you know, experience. It's just, it couldn't take the weight anymore and just try to trust it, that the, that the healing um, is really powerful in that way. And so with that, that we're going to be speaking, I think at, with this retrograde cycle of this Mercury retrograde starting in Leo. We've got a couple planets already in Leo or coming into Leo right after this, you know, uh, Mercury going into Leo right before this lunation and then right after uh, Mars goes in. And so Mars is also going to then say, oh, I just don't, I can now move into that place where I can have some ability to take action. And um, it, it again will be the action I believe it will take is to give us the courage because Leo's all about the heart, to give us the courage to go into the psyche, to go into the unconscious, and to really get a sense of, like I said, I, I almost feel like soul food, you know, to give us the sense of how we can um, have that homecoming of the soul so that we can really um, start to find the words and start to find what it is, the deciphering, the language of our true emotional nature. Uh, that will be more, as I say, satisfying for ourselves and for others. And so if this isn't as up for you, you may end up being an emotional coder of your of your surroundings. I think the key with this, though, is don't just take don't just be like, oh, I can interpret the emotional needs of others and give it to them, because I think that's what women do so much. I think we want to push people not in a judgmental or critical way, but an invitation to kind of reverberate back to them. I know that you could you could interpret um, what it is you're really feeling more. How can I help you with that? So we can help them find the language of their own uh, true nature and really inspire them to do that and believe in them to do that and remother ourselves and one another so we can speak in our feminine self more and um, and come through in doing the healing uh, uh, and the divination of our subconscious. So I think that's what's in order and will really come out of that in the full moon um, with that lunar eclipse. And uh, I think it's going to be a really uh, a really powerful month for us in the healing of our emotional body and our emotion, emotional self. Susan, I wanted to ask you about this theme of belonging. And I wondered if you might speak a little bit more to that because even in the last few days, I've been having some insights into what actually makes me feel a sense of belonging. And it's very different than what I conventionally have thought of as what will make me feel like I belong. Um, For example, being a Capricorn, I'm very interested in kind of external validation. But in the last couple of days, I've really been going inside and into nature and um, tapping into what truly makes me feel at home and part of something. And I'm looking to continue to nurture that and grow that because I'm like, oh, okay, this is really where I'm getting nurtured. Not all the things I think will make me feel satisfied as we were talking about. So I wondered if you could elaborate a little bit. It's a great question. I think we're all, I would love to actually put that as a prompt for your, um, for the, for the Facebook page, for all of us to kind of start to really ask ourselves what creates a sense of belonging and, um, and what is, that gets into sort of our coding of our DNA around ancestry, you know, not just, I think we're all super fascinated around where did we come from? Um, and that may give us some intuition, but I think, if we really lean into when do we feel the most safe, the most free, the most open, the most emotionally accessible, and a sense of peace, a sense of we can just, you know, it's kind of like when we come home and, and maybe we, whether it's we're taking off our work clothes or we're, we're just relaxing at our deepest sense, I would want us to sort of capitalize on that in a way to go let's go deeper in when we feel so us and then to say why is that what's what's happening around us what's happening in our external what's happening inside of us when do we take those deepest breaths where we feel most at peace most like like I say um visible and available 
And so, you know, sometimes it's it's when we call it comfort foods or and, and comfort food, if we look at food as not just the actual food, but we look at what nurtures us or like you say, whether it's, you know, uh, it could be music, it could be our favorite people, it could be, um, you know, it can be a show that we really love or a book that always makes us feel good. Why? How does it meet our needs? You know, does it, where does it go to those deep points where we feel, you know, in that sense that we're uh, at you know, not just at peace, but we're in that sense of openness. So when you find that, what is it, you know, what is it that you felt that said, oh, here's my place of belonging? What did you, what did you feel from that when you were in nature? Oh, that's such a good question. I think the feeling that I had was um, of being held by the earth itself and that there was something almost... I don't even know how to describe it, like primal or like an origin of, okay, this is where you come from. And these are the connections that really feed you so that you can go back into human life and into modern life as more of your whole self, I guess, if that makes sense. Uh, You know, that's such a beautiful way to put it. And so what I'm thinking of and feeling into is when we're searching for belonging, I think, unfortunately, we're searching out of the places where we feel it doesn't exist. So in some ways, we're looking at soul recovery work where we're saying, oh, okay, if we can, again, we, we talk about this so much when we're doing that deeper shamanic work, the recovery of the soul is the, the loss is sometimes what we attach to, which then we just repeat the repetition of the wounding because we're coming from the wound. And then people respond to us from that point of view. It's, it's just too much or then it becomes a dysfunction because we match. You know, there's that saying, what we don't heal, we marry. Like we keep reattaching to what doesn't really serve us. But when we understand, and this month is going to be huge for this, to say, let's tap into this in terms of saying this is, if, if we can name this the emotional, you know, area where we might feel we overprotect or we feel that we're longing or needing, but instead of saying, oh, I need this, we then shift into the gear of the soul and say, let the soul lead us into the recovery of that. Because from the fullness of when we feel we're in a state of belonging, what we really need changes remarkably. If you look at little kids, and you know how they'll cry and scream like to like get on their get on your lap. So you move everything off your lap, you put them on the lap, and they get off within ten seconds. They want to feel ownership around belonging. It's like they want to feel completely at peace, like they've had enough of you. And when we're in our child, then when we're in, you know, there's a, I think a Buddhist saying that you never need to teach someone how to cling because when we don't feel at peace, we cling. And so when we feel at ease, we feel what the equivalent of the state of belonging. We're at the inner level. We are in, you know, we're in a place of non-attachment, not because we're so detached we need nothing from the needy place. We need nothing because we feel fulfillment. We feel satisfaction. We feel whole. So we want to really look at how does the soul, like you said, we're finding little patches of recovery of the soul. And through that, through that information, we then start to feel the fullness of belonging, that place in time. When we've been displaced, displaced as cultures, when we've been displaced, you know, this is why we talk about the in the cultural so many in so many ways, we're really speaking as, as the tapestry of America, unfortunately, is this um, you know, this taking away of belonging, of homeland, of of language, of our um, of culture. So this sense of, and, and when we've gone from our native land, there's a sense, which is also why we're looking at what does it mean to have that sense of coming into belonging? What does that all look and feel like, the tearing away from, and then the reconnection with? And so in that way, that's, that is why we can look at our, you know, the cultural and languaging and the food of anything that gives us a sense of our story. But then, but we're also telling our story now, and so it's important for us to see that the belonging that we create now through our friendships and through our family and through our inner tapestry and through our emotional well-being will also give us that for our future. So remember, you know, from the future, we're going to look back and say, during this pivotal moment, how did we 
remember lights off lights on in this moment even today if we say all right we've we've lost the sense of belonging and historically or historically how do we start it now so don't feel like whatever happens before you know we we make the statement about it and we bring it forward but today that's what this new moon is really saying to us start today listen to the nuance and work with the emotional elements within us from the point of view of our most wise self our soul or that maternal nature that can then start to get those senses of what it is you know like if we met if we got um a new puppy or whatever you know something that could never speak to us in in our language how would we create emotional intelligence to decipher what it is that that animistic sort of that creature uh how do we care for it how do we care for a child how do we care for that part of ourselves if we stop asking the questions that just makes a part of ourselves cry or, or run away but we start to really care for it through mimicry through intuition we'll hit the nail on the head mm, so it sounds like welcoming parts of ourselves home and accepting Yes. And there's a flower essence. We've probably talked about it. It's called Pink Monkey Flower. You can get it from uh, FES, uh, Flower Essence Society. It's one of my very, very favorites. And all the monkey flowers um, uh, are all have to do with childhood trauma or difficulty. And Pink Monkey Flower very gently lets the part of ourselves that became, we hid because it wasn't emotionally cared for, start to have the emotional courage to come out and, re- and be seen again. So um, this is a time where we're going to be decoding and and allowing for the healing or the blossoming of those parts. And so again, to um, allow the emotion, the like I said, the parts that we emotionally hide, and those parts that um, you know that we really have have lost connection with, to become more available, which we really want to wince. They're the they're exquisitely uncomfortable. You know, when we feel like we have to tell somebody what it is we really need or someone busts us in that way, you know, to, to find, to find the courage to let them in and to, uh, and to say what it is and, and to ask for what we need, uh, you know, is really, really hard because we're protecting those places where we've felt either injury or we fear you know, being teased or more than anything, being unimportant in that way. And yet, you know, in opening those up, we really become way more empowered because we have the emotional, you know, we have the courage to be emotionally honest. And Pink Monkey Flower is a terrific flower essence to utilize to let our true hearts speak. And so I think, again, during, um, during this Mercury retrograde that, again, it starts on the 7th and it ends on the 31st. So it interestingly ends when we have our next new moon. Uh, so through this month, um, I think we're going to really learn this languaging of that. Like I said, that, that chart of the emoji chart, uh, our internal emoji chart. That, and it's up to us, believe it or not, to translate for others. They can't figure it out. We have to help them. So, you know, this, this inner work that we work with our, the other, I guess, let me say that if we're working with cancer and the moon and the crab, so we're working with those metaphors, we take a journey into the sea. And um, we also think about the journey that the pearl takes. What is that? No grit, no, uh, no pearl. That think about how the pearl becomes its pearl self by the, um, you know, years and years and years of the, the experience of being thrown in and thrust into the sand and that eventually comes out. So think about that, that we're, we're working with the ancestry within our soul nature of those parts that we have hidden in our emotional body and in our deep subconscious psyche that this lunation is inviting us to say we are actually going to refine it and it's going to be beautiful. So just we're going to we're going to get some pearls of emotional wisdom out of this lunation. Well, thank you. And I, I love the prompt that we talked about. And we'll post that on Facebook if anyone wants to revisit that and the flower essence. And I wonder if there are any other tips or practices you might recommend for this, this watery 
time, which, yeah, we can't really control, but we want to be present for. And like I said, I, I think it is going to be a little, it, it's kind of like anything that lives in the sea. It's going to be a little uh, difficult to, uh, to dance with. Uh, so I think we want to observe it. And what I mean by that is the uh, let ourselves in uh, dream journals and uh, times where we can take a break and just do also some uh, capturing uh, maybe at the end of the day or times when we have a moment to just track our emotional experiences and just say, okay, how was I feeling through the course of the day? Um, when did I, again, take out that little that little repertoire of happy, sad, angry, you know, all those kinds of things? Um, how is my experience of uh, also tracking the sense of emotional nurturance? Um, how is, what is it that I want to grow in my life? And how might I be more accessible to nurturing that and nourishing that? And um, self-care. So I think all of those ways that anyone wants to track those themes would be really helpful. And again, this is the summer, so it's not like we're not, the more we can do it in a way that allows us to flow and allows us to feel like we're um, also at ease. The summer is a time we slow down. And so we want to really, you know, kind of have practices that allow us, so like you said, to be outside, to lay on the earth. Utilize the earth while we're, while we're talking about something like this, like the emotional body. We want to be, feel safe in the physical body. And because we're moving into the Capricorn time, that is the earth. So um, definitely, you know, where we can just do that. Um, they call it forest bathing now, you know, there's these sayings. But to get outside and just allow the five senses and lay down on the earth if you can, in a, you know, if you have a garden or a little outside park or somewhere um, in this season, and just uh, feel into the body and remember that the flow in our body is held in the earth. Um, so we have that landscape that we work with in that way as well, or, you know, can feel the edges in a lovely boundary that can help us swim in those parts of ourselves in the subconscious, really watch the dreams um, or our meditations and our journeys and see what we drift off to symbolically and, um, and draw a little bit, you know, see what wants to come forth in symbols. And I know the practices may not feel as easy and simple, but I think it's an engagement. Um, the other thing to remember when we hit the south nodal uh, full moon eclipse is that, um, you know, Pluto always speaks about power. And so Pluto wants us to say, not that we take control, not that we, we try to control, but taking control and saying, how do we use our power is really important. So I think that's the emotional maturity. Again, like we say, to have more of a, a sense of not acting out with some of this, but to start to say it's important that we take ownership, uh, you know, of, of what our temperament is and what our needs are as well. So, you know, that's going to be uh, in play as well so that that repressed information can come forth. So I, I do think it's a time if you're in therapy or you you feel that you're doing any kind of practices where you're actually bringing stuff, stuff out and sharing it um, in a safe place is, is really helpful to do. Mm, wonderful. Well, thank you so much, Susan. And, you know, speaking of getting support, um, I know that you have some wonderful offerings that people can tap into. Where can we find you and get in touch with your work? Thank you. Uh, Susan Lipschatz uh, on Instagram or uh, Susan at EverydayMedicineWoman.com. My Facebook is also EverydayMedicineWoman. Um, feel free to send me an email or direct message me on Instagram. And um, I'd be happy to uh, set up a time. It's always so much fun when I say, how did you find me? And say, through Moonwise. And it's like, oh, I feel like we know each other. So um, I appreciate our community so much. And thank you again, as always, for the amount of work that it takes for you behind the scenes to make these podcasts happen. And I'm so glad you took care of yourself to uh, take that month off, even though it sounds like it was ended up being quite a journey. You might have rather been home uh, doing your editing. <laughs> But uh, in the month of all these uh, home uh, homecomings and, uh, you know, and all of these uh, family picnics and all of that, you know, that's certainly going to give us a lot of material. Let's put it that way. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll definitely have a lot to to be sharing with one another. Wonderful. And yeah, speaking of sharing with one another, for those who aren't in our Moonwise Sisterhood Facebook group, you can feel free to join that if you are on Facebook um, 
or you can follow along on Moon Tent on Instagram and also sign up for the newsletter at moontent.co where you'll get a free PDF guide to the four phases of your monthly cycle um, for those who are working with that. And um, yeah, just so grateful for everyone who's tuning in and so glad to be back in the flow of these lunar forecasts with you, Susan. Oh, my pleasure. And I'm just so excited to hear what we all discovered and where we've been hiding and when we've, uh, and where we've decided to come out. You know, again, this is at least in Chicago, it's pride weekend. And I think it is just about everywhere. And so we really want to be inspired by the fight and the challenge it's been to come out into our own true nature. So let's be inspired by our LGBTQ brothers and sisters and, and that which is uh, be in that gender fluidity of saying, I'm coming out to self to, to be able to be and living fully in my own true nature. And let's take um, let's take the lead and also do that wherever we want to live more openly through our heart. Again, um, this is could not be a better um, set of eclipses to tell us in some ways there is nowhere to hide. So let's just come on out and be ourselves. So we're looking so forward to meeting in July and being able to see what came out to be um, explored in the light of day on those beautiful shores of the um, water. Amazing. Thank you so much, Susan, and wishing you all a beautiful month. Thank you for listening to the show. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate us on iTunes and leave a review. You can also leave a comment on the Moonwise Sisterhood Facebook group. If you're not in the group yet, just search Facebook for Moonwise Sisterhood and answer two quick questions to join. If you haven't heard the recent Moonwise episode about tending your nest, I highly recommend giving it a listen. In the episode, I speak with healer and teacher Shane Case about awakening your senses to nature and building your sanctuary. We discuss her work with the plant people in creating flower essences, on learning institutional knowledge, and developing an intuitive relationship with the natural world. Shane also shares her favorite self-mothering practices and ways to cultivate beauty in daily life. Listen to that episode and our previous episodes at moontent.co or subscribe to the Moonwise podcast on iTunes. Our theme music is by Sophie Cooper from her album Rewilding, whose amazing work you can find at voicealchemy.com. See you next time. Do, do, do.